0: ESPN 690 and Sports Jacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're gonna have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom
1: people. Casey Kurtz.
2: Yo! What are we doing, bro? Come
1: on! And Aaron Shochter. I'm I'm all in favor of these two, showing their love. Really celebrating their relationship. Get Get
0: This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Kiki Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. Oh, Clay Harbor's all excited right now. He's up in the Windy City, probably. Justin Fields played well for two games in a row rising star now in the NFL. (laughs) Don't worry, Clay Harbor. We remember this discussion in Jacksonville after week three as well.
2: (laughs) And now look.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't take it for granted, pal. (laughs) Enjoy it while you got it.
2: (laughs) I'm not. But honestly, Fields is looking good, guys. And I feel like Luke Getze, the Bears offensive coordinator, has finally figured out a good way to use them. They've restructured this offense. Fields is getting the ball out quicker. They're utilizing his running ability, which is causing defense's fits. Playing against one of the best defenses in the league, the Dallas Cowboys, one of the best pass rushes, and the offensive line held up. This is supposed to be the worst offensive line in the league, and they held up against the Cowboys. Offensive line's looking better because of this restructuring in the offense. Justin Fields looking better, and you already know what just happened yesterday. Chase Claypool, 6'4", 245 pounds or well, 240 pounds and juice them up a little bit 4-4-40 uh, uh, four, four, 40 inch vertical 10-5 broad jump freak athlete, comes to Chicago so I'm excited for the Bears and uh, you know the, the, the Jags have a little something coming in uh, next year too as well yeah. really excited about. what do you like
0: what do you like better Claypool or, or Ridley Like the, which move, Like should the Jags have tried uh-huh. to get Claypool
2: I think the Jags should have tried to get Claypool, but I don't want to go against, you know, the Bears here, my two teams, you know, Jags, Bears, and obviously, you know, I'm, a, I'm an Eagles guy too. I spent some time there in Philly. But I, I think they both ended up with some good players, right? I think the Bears were probably in a bigger need for Claypool because they, after after Darnell Mooney, they really had no one, they had nobody on their roster. Nobody's going to catch footballs. I mean, and Kill Harry. Can you guys name one wide receiver on the Bears at the top of your head right now, besides Darnell Mooney?
1: No, but I did believe that Cole Komet was gonna be a bigger contributor this year and he just hasn't been.
2: Oh yeah, I was team Cole Komet all the way. I was telling people to draft him to their fantasy teams, and honestly, it's it's not all his fault because the offense obviously hasn't been producing, but Komet has left some plays on the field. He's not as good as a route runner as I thought, but he has impressed me with his blocking. He's one of the best at the point blocking tight ends in the league, in my opinion.
0: Clay Harper with us here. at Brenton friends on ESPN 6.9 each and every Wednesday, 4 o'clock. Uh, all right, let's talk more about the Ridley deal. I mean, it's a, we keep talking about this, Clay, and the more you talk about it, the more you like the deal. I think it's a very smart play by the Jacksonville Jaguars. But from a player standpoint, what could he do? Like, if he was jumping in this week, like, what would he do for the Jaguars offense as it looks?
2: Too, just a big play guy. You know, out of Alabama, he's well coached. He's had in the three years, three full years he's played, he's had over three thousand yards. I mean, this is a guy that's had over thirteen hundred yards receiving in a season. He's just a big play threat, a guy that can do everything you need to do for a wide receiver. So, I think if you if you could plug him in right now, he's going to greatly help Trevor Lawrence and give him that big time guy that you can go to when the chips are down and you need some somebody you know is going to get open. Obviously, you got Christian Kirk there. But I, I think he's going to be the number one, and he's going to be got the guy to do that for you. So I really like the move, and I like how they structured it. It's low risk, high reward, right? Because you give him to the, give up the fifth round this year, and the next year it just it depends on what happens with him. If you resign him and he does well for you, you're, you're okay giving up a two. But if if not, if if, the, if he kind of flops here, you don't resign. You, you don't have to give up that two. You have to give up that. Uh, fourth round so i think it's structured in a good way bulky doug whoever's working this contract working the trade did a good job and i think it's going to work the only only downside i see is that he's only under contract for one more year same thing with chase claypool we get a year and a half of chase claypool in chicago and then he's a free agent but i like the move and in both regards
0: Clay Harbour with us here on ESPN 690. Uh, just your thoughts real quick, and don't lose your pension or anything with any of your comments uh, from the NFL. But, I mean, how, do, you, do players think it was kind of ridiculous that Ridley got a year for the gambling stuff?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know the full story of it. I heard he was only betting 1500 bucks, but he's betting on games that he played in. I think you had to come down hard. Yeah. Those are the rules. And the gambling's everywhere. you got all these sponsorships, these everything, these, these gambling sites are just popping up everywhere, huge market. And if you don't nip this in the bud, if you don't slam the gavel and, and give this guy, you throw a book at him, then you might be seeing some more. Then after everybody saw what happened with him, they saw what Ridley got, nobody's going to be doing it now. Everybody, they don't want to lose their livelihood. If you're not Calvin Ridley, you might not recover from this. Your whole career's over. But because he is a superstar receiver, he's going to get this opportunity to still play. But I think they did what they had to do to stop this before it just started. Because this stuff's becoming more and more prevalent. It's becoming more and more accessible. And this was something the NFL had to do. They don't want to get involved with this. And they had to, had to send a point, send a message, and I think they did that.
0: My, my buddy said this to me yesterday. He's like, I don't understand why guys can't bet on the In NFL. Their, on their own games? As long as you're not betting to lose,
1: what's the downside? If you're betting for yourself to win, what's the downside? Mm. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, maybe just the fact that you've got inside information is an unfair advantage, but what does that matter to the NFL? It's totally optical, right? It's like, an optic yeah. thing. I must say, though, just. To- like horse
0: racing, the jockeys can bet and they're on the back of the horse. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No I'm way. kidding. Yeah. yeah, they can. The they whole, can. The they go the window
1: before they go out there. <laughs> this whole sport is predicated on betting with horse racing. <laughs> but can soccer players yeah. bet? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. Did you think the year was egregious? Yes. Really? Well,
0: I think in relation to everything, like, I don't know the scope of it to Clay's point. Like, maybe there's more, but it didn't seem like this, like betting on our team to lose, betting on... This wasn't Pete Rose. Like, he didn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it felt like he was out with an injury, he was bored on his couch, and he put a bet down
1: on a game. I just, maybe I'm a skeptical person by nature, but I have a hard time believing people who get caught in big things it's ever their first time doing whatever it is they get caught well, for
0: and maybe it wasn't his first time at that but i just i'm not saying he's in the locker room betting right like i don't think i think he was out like he, this he was out with the injury I know at you,
1: the time. you guys don't watch any tv whatsoever clay i don't know about you but there's a uh, netflix documentary right now of the untold series on tim Donahue, who's the ref that got caught in that betting scandal that was mixed up with uh, it sounds like the mafia but you watch that documentary, you go, yeah, I kind of understand any sport coming down really hard on gambling within the sport, because it kind of hurts the credibility of the whole thing. But to your point, doing, he
0: was blowing the whistle. Yeah, but to your point. <laughs> I mean, that's he a was big betting difference.
1: on a Ridley's betting on himself <laughs> in a game. Tim Donahue's sitting there, literally fixing games. Although to this day, he claims he's never fixed a game in his entire life. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, pretty well. Hey, uh,
0: sorry, I had to go off topic there for a second, but I just thought it was interesting. My buddy brought that was an interesting perspective to me. That he just yeah. didn't have a problem. With, I'm curious you know? how what you thought the suspension should have been. If you were Goodell, I understand what, what Clay's saying is he, this was a message sent to everybody sure. else. We yes. don't want this, right? Um, yeah. Here's the problem, and this is what pro- people have a problem with. Sean Watson, who everybody thinks is guilty. Yeah. Got, by the way, we got, got, what, 11 games? And on top of that, in that stretch, was a able to contract. sign a $230 million
1: contract. <laughs> and his named the starter today, by the way. And, I don't know if you saw that.
0: And I think is around the... The facility. The facility. Yeah. So, like, I think that's what people have a problem with. You see some egregious things. You see some, you like, eh, bet on a game or X. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow. I think that's why people have a hard time with the process of this. And again, it didn't feel like a chronic thing. From Ridley. It felt like, eh, I'm going to throw some money on this game. Yeah. Which, and it's so, it's so, we're so accustomed to it now, Clay, right? I mean, everybody's doing it.
2: Yeah, everybody's throwing some money. It's just so easy to do now. It's so accessible. You put some cash in in an account and you just bet on the games, bet on your teams. And I definitely see what you're saying. If you're betting on your team to win, but then that's a slippery slope. Okay. Like, what happens when someone approaches you and says, hey, like, I'm going to, put a million dollars if you just you win but you just cover the spread now hey I didn't. we weren't losing we, we won but I just made sure I to drop this ball so we covered the spread so there's I feel like it, it's a slippery slope like you said and you had to send this message as sad as it is for Calvin Ridley in his career you had to send the message and I know I hear that Deshaun Watson people and I agree But well, I mean D- Deshaun Watson I mean he didn't get any criminal charges filed and I know obviously Calvin Ridley didn't so it's, uh, it's, it's interesting how Deshaun got off with only what he did compared to Ridley because you would think that that would be, you know, at least as significant as, you know, the gambling a couple hundred bucks or a thousand bucks on a game, but, you know, I don't make Yeah,
1: I'll take it even a step further, by the way. Gambling is not something where traditionally is not a problem that can develop into addiction, like it can very easily develop into an addiction. And so maybe you do start off betting on yourself and your team. And then maybe you lose a few. And then maybe you try to win it back with some more bets and you lose a few more. And then suddenly you're right. Or Clay's uh, example comes to fruition where you're in a position where now now you really do have to do something to win some money back here. Yeah. Well, by the way, just from the
0: simple logistics of it, I don't know how you would be able to tell if somebody was betting on something, but He'd not betting against them. Right. You right. have to prove so it. So yeah. you're just going to wipe it all out. I, I understand it. But I also kind of, my buddy had a decent, made me think a little bit. Yeah. Like eh. All right, if they're betting to win, I feel like if if you ask me in a
1: vacuum, which is more like terrible, like uh, trying to sexually assault somebody or betting on a football game, I'm like, yeah, the sex assault is probably a lot worse. Yeah,
0: public opinion weighs in on that, right, a little bit. Uh,
1: All right, hey, how much uh, are are we in trouble
0: in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence? I guess that's the storyline this week, Clay. Uh, How concerned are you about him?
2: You know, it's honest, honestly, for the first time after last game, I, I did start to feel a little concerned for, for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's, he's obviously regressing, and you hate to see it, and he's uh, offensive-wise playing well, and his his team's running, he's just miss, miss, missing throws, and it's something that you see. The thing that got me was, was the play in the goal line, when it just looked so similar to the play against the Texans, and... To me, that's that's a learning curve. Like you've done it, you made the mistake, you've experienced it. So now you got to improve on it. You don't throw you got to throw the ball out the, out the end zone. Here's a tweet that I, I sent out today or yesterday. I said the Jags are they're five and twenty with Trevor Lawrence as their quarterback. He has twenty two picks and twenty three interceptions in his career. The first game of this year, he had four. Since the first game this year, he, had, he has four touchdowns and five picks. With a 57 completion percentage and a 72 rating, I mean those numbers aren't good. Obviously, you know there's some things that you can say about it: some drops, some protection, the, the, the way the game was going. But he's not looking good. He's looking like he regressed. And I mean, you got to start seeing some signs of life out here, or you're, or you're getting worried that maybe this isn't the generational talent that we thought we had. At the ball.
0: I think a lot of people in the locker room and in the building see the good plays, the the overall stuff, like, wow, okay, made that throw, this throw. There's a lot of physical tools there. Physical tools are always going to win the day in almost any sport now where you're going to be more patient when a guy can make every throw, right? When he can do those kind of things. But I think that play was alarming to so many of us on the outside like okay he's never going to do that houston thing again like that won't happen oh my gosh the exact same play like exact same play and you know people are on doug a little bit about it too don't put him in that position but come on i mean you can't make the play whether you've played one game 25 games 440 games in the nfl like you just can't make that play and he did it twice in a month and both games lost probably because of those plays. And that's probably my biggest issue right now with Trevor Lawrence, Clay, is they brought him in here to flip it, to be the reason why they're going to flip it. And I think right now, this season, on a couple of occasions especially, he has been the reason why they're held back from being 4-4 and right now, or maybe even something better.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing. The thing with me is, you gotta be showing improvement at this point and situationally I don't know if he takes everything into account. Like you hear you hear a couple of, like some Tom Brady talk and I'm Joe Burrow even, and they're saying, Hey, I know exact down and distance. If it's third down, fourth down at the end of the game and you try to force something in there, obviously it's okay, but it's first and goal for a yard and you're thrown into a crowd and it's not crystal clear, you've gotta know. You know, Situationally, I don't want to risk anything. If this is an eighty percent probability, I might sell it just because I know I got a couple more downs to punch this thing in. You got to you got to know those things in in this in this league in the NFL. And the fact that he's not picking up on that from what it seems, I'm getting a little worried. I still think he's very talented. I think he can improve. And obviously, you got Ridley coming in next year. You got Travis Etienne. You got a run game that's running for 156 yards. You got an offensive line that's giving you time. There's some drops there, but that's if you're getting pressured, if you have no run game, it's more acceptable to me. But when we have those things moving, you gotta be able to move the ball and make some plays. We
0: will never see the goal line roll out to the right play again this year, right? Like that's been taken out
2: of the playbook.
0: <laughs> like that.
2: I don't know. Doug, you never know, man. He might he might throw it he might throw it next week.
0: I mean you can't. Like you've gotta take that out. Here's the thing, Clay. When he was rolling out to his right, I was think. I was watching the play on TV. I'm watching it unfold, and I'm like, there's nothing there. Like, in my head, I was like, all right, throw it away. (laughs) Throw it away. Throw it away. The next time he's inside the 10 and he's rolling right, I'm just turning the TV off. Like, I'm not watching. Like, that's where we're at. So there's a lot of other plays in the playbook. Just get the play out of there. Like, there's no way. Clay, how many times did you do something in your career where you were like, I don't like this route. Nothing good happens on this route. (laughs) Or nothing good happens when I do X. Maybe it was Chip Kelly asking to play linebacker. (laughs) I don't know. But, like, that's, like, I don't care who you are. If you call that rollout to the right play near the goal line, Trevor Lawrence's mind is going back to the Houston and Denver game now for the rest of eternity. He better not do that play at the goal line. Nothing good. That's like being out after midnight, man. Nothing good is going to happen.
2: <laughs> well, something good is, you know, considering what, you know, what you're talking about is possible. So that's, I mean, that's what Trevor's thinking. You know, he's still thinking about the, the possibility of something good happening. But for me, there was always a toss crack, man. You would get, you saw the 10 tries, you would get five nice plays, but you're going to have five plays that are just blown up on the toss-crack, and I don't know. I'm like, man, why do they keep calling this play? Dang, toss-crack. Everybody loves a toss-crack. But, I mean, yeah, throw that one out, dog. You got to th- roll left, maybe. maybe yeah, roll toss. left. I don't like, know. That's it's fine.
0: Fair. Roll left. That's fine. I don't care about that. Like, you can. Um, yeah, that one's gone. One other thing that's uh, – a lot of people have suggested this and brought this up. Should he be running more based on what he did in college, based on what you're seeing out of Justin Fields? Should he be – designed moving or using his legs more. Like, go back to the, what was it, the indie game? I think the indie game was where he kind of had some designed runs in there. He went 20 for 22 throwing the football. Like, is there something to that where even if it's just three, four, five times a game, that make sure you keep it and run? I'm, and I'm not talking about a QB sneak here.
2: Yeah. No, I, I think there's something. I mean, give the defense something else to look at. You give him something else to see. But, I mean, Trevor Lawrence isn't Justin Fields. Justin Fields is, you know, 6'3", 230 pounds and runs a 4'4", flat 40. So I would I would worry about Tr- Trevor Lawrence's build a little bit more and getting injured with these design runs. And his main deal is is he's a slinger. He's a gunslinger. He can get the ball out quick. With Justin Fields, you got him trying to do something he's not – I almost fell out of my chair when Luke Getze after the little bye week said, you know, I think we got to get Justin Fields on the move more. I go, wait a second. It took this man <laughs> seven, six, seven games to figure out we got to get Justin Fields who runs a 4 4 225, 30, 230 pounds on the move more? I go, a blind man could see that. But Trevor Lawrence, I think, is a different type quarterback. He's supposed to be... You know, a Joe Burry, he can get out of trouble if he needs to be, but I wouldn't even call him like a Patrick Mahomes as far as mobility. But, I mean, it does give the defense something else to to game plan and something else to worry about if he's throwing his own read here, his own read there. So I think there's definitely something you can do that, but I wouldn't have an elaborate scheme. Based off of a run game with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah,
0: and I'm not going crazy here. I'm not saying Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields and others, but I'll give you an example. One, Daniel Jones. Those were safe, designed runs in yeah. Jacksonville two weeks ago, and I'd understand even Daniel Jones is faster than Trevor. But Trevor's a good athlete, and those were safe plays, Clay. Those those weren't. I'm gonna go get crushed. He was. He had enough room to slide, but still pick up six, seven yards. Like it made you pay attention to it. He had, I think he even ran a bootleg on one of them. Like, why not use that a little bit more? Um, And, and again, I'm talking sprinkle in, even if it's three times a game, just to maybe get him feeling himself a little bit in a flow, in a rhythm. We've seen that with guys. We called for Blake Bortles to run the read option every series, and they wouldn't do it. And every time he ran it, it seemed like it worked, like it was a good play to run. And so I just think it helps these guys sometimes feel good and confident and get in a nice rhythm. And by the way, you're I right. it's hard to defend.
2: You're right. You're right. That's what I noticed about Justin Fields when he started running the ball was it made him more confident in his throwing. He gets a couple nice runs, the next thing you know, you're confident, you're feeling good, you get a nice throw in there. If Trevor can do it, if he wants to do it, give him the opportunity. But these coaches and everybody's so scared about your quarterback getting hurt and getting injured. If he gets hit, you can't get him hit. But these guys know how to take hits and they can slide and and you got to play the way they can play if you want them to realize their potential their full potential that's something that set, sets Trevor apart you know Tom Brady can't do that so yeah. you're not going to even try it so do it with Trevor to really realize his full potential and you want him to be successful you got to you got to use all the tools in his toolbox
0: all right, hang on tight. Uh, big Raiders game coming up. What to expect from the Raiders? That could be interesting. Clay Harbour joins us. Brenton Friends at ESPN 690 with Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz as well. We're back right after this timeout. Um, I don't think it's a concern. I mean, for the player, I think, you know, you look at it as, as a possible fresh start. Um, kind of rejuvenated, much like myself. Um you know, energy level will be high. New team. You know, coming back to Florida. All those, all those things for the player are all positives. You know, uh, from playing. You know, it's just a matter of once he is cleared by the league, um, getting in, getting him in here when we can, and, and getting him caught up. Doug Peterson on Calvin Ridley. It is kind of an interesting comparison, taking a year off and. Doug Peterson did the same, and so he said, "Hey, ready to go, man! Fired up. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's get back at it. The energy's there." And um, I thought that was that was an interesting way to make it relative to his situation. So we'll see about Calvin Ridley and what transpires when he gets reinstated. And again, I say when he gets reinstated because unless something else is going on, or you know, and then he does have an issue or something, right? Then I would gotta believe he's getting reinstated. And the way he reacted to the trade, I think he even responded to a fan and said. I'm ready. I'm healthy. I'm good. Like that was good to see. Sure, I think people were wondering about from a mental standpoint where he was at, and does he feel like he's going to get reinstated? Uh, and I think it looks like it's headed that way.
1: I always thought that that was the beginning of an excuse before the story leaked that it was about gambling. But you know, you don't want to say you it know might about have been. anybody's might have been. You, you know, might have known it was coming. Status. Yeah, uh, that's possible. Because you haven't we don't heard know. anything about it. Not that you would, right? Not like he's going to check in with the fans and be like, guys, just so you know, therapist says everything is cool. That's not going to happen. But at the same time, it was just real suspicious to me that it all happened bunched up so close together. <laughs> yeah,
0: we don't know if it's the same part of the story or if it's two separate right. things. But, but it was good to hear that the Jags definitely checked good. that out, oh, too. yeah. They, they got to check out at. their investment. Yeah. absolutely. Brent Morton, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, Brent and friends on ESPN 690. That includes Clay Harbour joining us from Chicago each and every Wednesday in the 4 o'clock hour. And, uh, hey, Clay, a good thing coming out of last week's game. With all due respect, James Robinson, who? Travis Etienne. Wow. I mean, I, I continue Absolutely. to say this. A star is born. A star was born from London to the rest of the NFL world, I think, on Sunday morning.
2: Yeah, the guy looks like the real Bill. He just—he just seems like he, he runs at a different speed than everyone else, and his vision is incredible. He's—he's he's got such good vision. He can catch the ball. Now, going out there in camp, and you know, kind of get the gathering report. I'm, I'm so interested in Etn, and you know, people are saying he likes to run outside, but he runs with power too. He can do it all, and I think he is a bona fide star. He had almost a hundred yards after contact, after the first hit. This guy is breaking tackles, he's making the most of each play. I am just ecstatic for him, you know, a guy that went through so much, to be able to be in this position, to be a superstar in this league, and if it wasn't for a guy like Geno Smith or something like that, I think this is the comeback player in the NFL, and obviously he never played, but to come back from an injury as a rookie to now at the point where you're a top running back in the NFL is truly incredible. Happy for him. I, I know he's a hard worker. I think this is great for the Jags. Now he's got to get everything else figured out in offense.
0: That's a really good point. I didn't even think about it in that context. You know, kind of, uh, would he be eligible for that, I guess, comeback player of the year? Why not, right? I guess he missed it. Uh, Do you have to play to win comeback player of the year? Would he have had to play last uh, year? Yeah, I don't know I the don't rules. Think so. Yeah, I got to check yeah, it He was on
2: the roster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he probably I mean, qualify, I
1: guess. If a player can come back from, let's see, uh, do they list the rules here? They're selected by personnel. Right. I mean, that would be an interesting
0: looking. one to, to to kind of keep an eye on. Hey, uh, one other thing about the Jags, uh, or at least, you know, for now, they got to get more out of Christian Kirk, man, right? I mean, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, they spent talking about $96 million in contracts on those two guys. Christian Kirk got off to a nice start, but outside of the Giants game when he had five catches, hasn't been a lot there. I mean, They have got to get him going if they're going to have success. And their offense is moving the ball, and they're doing it in other ways. But I just feel like they need more out of Kirk, just like they need more out of Trevor.
2: Yeah, Kirk's still top 20 in the league in in receiving yards with 500 yards. He's on pace for almost 1,000 yards here halfway through the season. Uh, Probably a little over 1,000 since, what, they played eight games, and and now they're 17. So he's on pace for over 1,000-yard season for the first time ever. Got four touchdowns, so maybe thousand yards, eight touchdowns. But still, you, you wanted this guy to take the step forward with what you're paying him, and it, he's got to, he's got to produce more. He's had a couple drops, he's he's been covered, and I think he's got the talent, the skill. He's still a young guy. He's you know he's only 25 years old, and I think he can still improve. But it's going to help him a lot once you get Ridley in the lineup because you can take some attention off of him. But Zay Jones. I like what Zay Jones has done. He he was catching a lot of passes last week. He's got a, he's got great hands. He's NCAA all-time record holder for reception. It's a stat I love. Yeah, wild. But, uh, you know, I definitely want to see more from these guys. And you have an eager stepping up. So if, if they get going, I think it will be great.
1: That's uh, some clarification on comeback player of the year. And I know, Casey, you're looking it up too. So if I defer from what you found, let me know. But it looks like ETM will be able to win the award it's described as a player can come back from such adversity or play at a high level over the previous year Uh, and this includes an injury or for playing well in comparison to a poor performance the previous year so they count injury the fact was he was on an nfl team last year despite being injured he's playing this year he's eligible to win
0: yeah and i would expect he would be just i guess just double checking um now back to the receivers for a bit kirk leads the team with 35 receptions evan ingram now is coming on he's got 32 uh they did this backwards because they did it by yards so uh zay jones has 34 so all three of those guys clay in the 30s i mean they've shared the ball marvin jones 22 etn is as 17 you know we had dan arnold last night on our jags report live and i continue to be amazed that he only has five catches in eight games i I feel like they would have been able to get these guys on the field more. We talked a lot about tight ends in camp and early on when you joined us on Wednesdays, Clay. But, I mean, is there some kind of package that they could get both of these guys on the field and utilize them?
2: You know, trust me, guys. I know how hard it is to get catches as a (laughs) number two tight end in my career. If there's anyone that that knows that it's me, you know, in in, in eight years, I, I have, you know, just over 100 catches so it's tough. It's tough. You, know, you get your packages, you get on the field. A lot of it's for blocking purposes. But if you're not the number one tight end, you're really way down the priority list, and you'll have a scheme thing here or there, and it's basically just to break tendencies because you're on the field for specific plays, mostly blocking plays, when you're you're spelling the number one tight end you want to catch the football. So it all depends on scheme. It all depends on what, what play you want to you wanna show. You want to put something on film. You've been running... You know the the play where the the, the tight end kicks out the backside of that on a sift block. Now you get the sift to the to the flat on the play action. It's just it's all about you know your little scheme there and what you're doing as a player. So I don't think there's really a way in this offense that Dan Arnold's going to get that much more involved if you're not the number one tight end. I mean, look throughout the NFL and show me a number two tight end outside of like historically. I know you see you saw like Gronk and Hernandez or Ertz and Goddard, but yeah. those guys were on the field. They're, those are the starters. If you're not the starter, you're not going to get the numbers or the, or the looks. Well,
0: and Manhurts, by the way, is the blocking tight end, so he's eating up that other tight end spot as well. That's a factor here, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's like the like the old Mercedes Lewis, Julius Thomas, and and I am Dan Arnold there. You know, you got the pass-catching guys, so... It, it's it's tough from that position to really get a lot of looks, and you just gotta focus on doing, you know, your little niche to the best of your ability. Hopefully, he'll get an opportunity, and he's been making the most of it when he when he gets the ball thrown his way. Seventeen point two a I catch,
0: like two <laughs> yeah, no, hundred yards per it. catch. Wow.
2: <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Yeah, I had no idea. That's good. He's gonna keep doing that. Somebody's gonna notice, and, and maybe you'll get more looks.
1: So between Kirk and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram, all in the low to mid-30s on receptions at this point, they're all pacing to about 60 to 65 catches for the year. Yeah. And I think you said this yesterday. It's kind of what you brought Evan Ingram in to do. But it's I think it's kind of rare that you see three targets on the same team at around 60 to 65 receptions. So usually you have a number one that jumps out at like 90 plus, And then maybe you have another guy getting some receptions in there. But three guys at 60-plus – is not something that happens very commonly but it again goes to show you the need for a true number one on that roster
0: well i guess there's a need or it's just you're spreading the ball around i mean i don't know if it's a negative you thing think it's for I, a reason I think though? right now nah, i think right now we're looking at it as a negative way because they're two and six but if they were five and three right now and these numbers are exactly the same because by the way they could easily be five and three and these numbers would be exactly the same clay i'm not sure we'd be looking at this as a negative we'd be like hey look at doug look how in trevor they're spreading the ball around like that's a good thing isn't it
2: yeah, you know, and I, I look at teams that have had success in the past, and you team you've seen teams have success in the past spreading the ball around. Them. You look as recent it's the New England Patriots with Rob Gronkowski and Julian Edelman and Danny Amendola, and you know all the guys that they have. The running back catching the ball, and they never they. I mean, a year here, or there they'd have Randy Moss, but they never really had the one go-to guy. And obviously, Gronk would have a thousand yards here or there, but you always have Edelman with a around 1,000. Danny Amendola around, around there. So it's been shown before to be effective and to, you can be successful with that. So I think that's I don't think that's a problem, but then obviously you say that, yeah, you know, you have a go-to guy like Rob Gronkowski, so he could be the guy that you have to go to when the, when the chips are down. and you look yeah. at the Chiefs, who's parted yeah. around with Tyreek and Kelsey and you know, some of these other guys. But that's that the thing. The Chiefs have that Kelsey.
1: When you need to go and get a first down, you could throw to Travis Kelsey, right? When when Brady yeah. needed to go get a first down, if it wasn't Gronk on the Patriots, if it's on the Bucks, it's Mike Evans or Godwin. As a matter of fact, Brady had the most completions in the league last year. And so you had Godwin with 98 uh, receptions. You had Mike Evans yeah, with Mike 74. Evans. But he split it around. They're yeah. both number ones, though. But, like, Leonard yeah. Fournette is number three with 69. That's what I'm saying. Like, you don't... You really have a bunch of number two options right now. And I think it shows not just in the record, Brent, or in the yards per game, but the fact that we can't go get it when we need it, whether it's in the red zone. Or, or really anywhere in the late oh, fourth quarter.
0: And I think what I'd like to see, I guess I wish if you could spread the numbers out a little bit that Kirk was a little higher than everybody else. You paid him the most money. Yeah. You, he looked like he was open all the time. I wanted him to get the ball more even when he got six catches, six catches, six catches to start the year and he had a touchdown in each of those games. He does have four touchdowns, and he's not been bad. Evan Ingram, I think, is right where you probably need him to be. Anytime we talk about a Doug Peterson offense, the best thing to do is go back to 2017 when they had that team and won the Super Bowl. And this is shaping up to be very much like that team. This is how Doug does it, or he's just dealt the hand that he's dealt, and this is what you do. Now, the difference there is Zach Ertz was their leading guy in '17. Mm-hmm. He had 74 catches, but after that it was Aguilar with 62, Alshon Jeffrey with 57, and then it really fell off like Torrey Smith and 35, and Trey Burton 23. You know, and they were, By the way, that was a 54-46 split past the run that year. You gave us that trivia question months ago, Aaron. Well, so that was the year, and Doug doesn't like to run the ball. Well, guess what? The Jags are seventh in the National Football League right now running the football. So they are running the ball, and they're pacing actually much like the Philadelphia Eagles to spread the ball around. Now, their tight end isn't going to be their leading receiver most likely, but Ingram still has that chance, I guess. I feel like he hasn't used the tight end as much as I thought. But when you look up, and Ingram's got the third most catches on the team.
1: Close to the Uh, first. That's pretty darn good. I mean, he has a good game this weekend. He could be leading the team in receptions. And you guys brought up,
0: uh, I'll just give you a quick little difference. I just pulled up any year recently for the Chiefs. And so I'm going 2018. They made it to the conference championship this year. This wasn't the year they won the Super Bowl. So they have Kelsey at 103. Tyreek Hill at 87, and then it really dropped off. Like Sammy Watkins to 40, Chris Conley 32,
1: Kareem Hunt 26. You got to get two guys 200 receptions.
0: Well, and so they were very top heavy. Like those are the different ways to do it, but they have two superstars Mm -hmm. in Kelsey at the tight end position and Tyreek Hill, so they went top heavy. But the Philadelphia way is really what you have in Jacksonville. You have quality receivers without probably a superstar wide receiver. So. I guess the moral of the story here, Clay, is I don't really blame Doug too much for the way he spread it around. Him and Trevor have gotten everybody involved.
2: Yeah, they don't have a go-to guy. That's 100%. You can't pay a guy to make him a go-to guy, and that's why I like these moves with these receivers. The market for a receiver, just look what they paid Tyree Kill. Look what they're paying Devontae Adams. Look what you have to pay a number one receiver right now. It's it's incredible. The market for these receivers. I'm thinking about losing some weight and trying to come back as a wise receiver. You know, like, I don't know, man. These guys are getting paid. So you get a year with Ridley on his deal as he is now before he's a free agent. So that's good. You can have that next year to really get Trevor on the on the go without having to break the bank and find a number one receiver. It's tough. You have to pay guys this year. You understand? So many teams need them. You're going to have to, and that's why the Bears had to give up a second-round pick to get Chase Claypool. I mean, these guys are going, I mean, there's not much out there in free agency either. You look at free agency, Doug's not dumb. Balky's not dumb. I mean, some people think he is, but he's not. And they look at free agency next year, and they see the best receiver on the market is Jacoby Meyer. I mean, there's not much out there, and the draft isn't necessarily strong at receiver. You had to make these moves.
0: Clay, uh, one more thought on the Raiders coming into town here. Devontae Adams, I mean, he really hasn't been worth it for them. They can't win. They had 38 catches through 512 yards, five touchdowns, by the way. Christian Kirk numbers. They're paying Devontae $28 million a year. So, I mean, I know Devontae's really good, but this is a move to the point that we're all having. I, I mean, this has been not a productive move by the Raiders to go get Devontae Adams at least so far in 2022 and one game he was suspended, of course, too.
2: Yeah, the Hall of Fame quarterback to Hall of Fame quarterback didn't really work out for him, huh?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't seem to be. Uh, But is that the mistake you're talking about or is Devontae still Devontae and he's got nine more games to show Brent that he's Devontae?
2: I think he's got the the chance to show it and Obviously, it's the fault. The whole offense isn't doing well. They're two and six. I mean, they they got to start making a move now. They're desperate. If they lose, if you get to two and seven, I mean, you're toast. I mean, you're pretty much toast now, unless you can just pull off an, an amazing run. But he's still putting up thousand yard numbers, but it's not what you expect from supposedly the best receiver in the league. That's what people were saying about him. He's the best receiver in the league, and right now, he's I mean, he had earned it. Top twenty. Yeah, you earned it, but you did have Aaron Rodgers throwing you the football. Oh yeah. So I'm, I'm so curious to see how this
0: ends up. All right, let's take a break. Uh, we come back, we hand out the final rose. Good luck finding. Well, I actually know where you're going with this. <laughs> oh. I mean, this
2: shouldn't
0: be. No, that you hard. think you do. You nah, this shouldn't do. be no. that hard. Clay Harbor, Britain, friends cool. on ESPN 690. When we come back on ESPN 690. One last thing before we get to the final rose with Clay Harbour, Brent Martineau, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, Brent and friends at ESPN 690. You know, we're talking about like Devontae Adams. Derek Carr has struggled in that new offense. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. I brought up the other day, Lamar Jackson's of the world. Um, Joe Burrow, we've seen some inconsistencies. Not that we haven't seen them great at times, but we haven't seen them great all the time. Justin Herbert, the same way. It's not the year of the offense is what I'm getting at. It's not the year of the quarterback. And I think we're seeing it with the 2021 Class as well, Clay. I mean, does anybody know why this is happening? Like, our defense is just better. Have we figured out the schemes a, a little bit more? What's going on?
2: I'm trying to figure that out myself. Yeah. I'm not yeah. really sure. I mean, it's he's like, let me still look it up. Some good... Uh, <laughs> He still have some some good individual performances. Like you look at Tyree Kill, who, might I add, is on my fantasy football team as first draft pick. It's a good idea. Yeah, he, uh, he almost has a thousand yards right now. Unstoppable. Nine hundred sixty-one yards. This guy's crazy. People th- said they didn't know if he was. He's the he's worth the money. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that's. I mean, you you got to say he's actually been worth the money this year. He's changed. I, mean, but, I don't think he's yeah, ever he's,
1: been covered on any play. Like he's open.
2: 24-7. He's always open. The crazy thing is with 70 catches for 960, he's only got two touchdowns. But I don't know. Maybe it's it's tough going back to playing in the, in the loud stadiums after the COVID year. Like, I don't know what's going on. I've been trying to figure it out myself. But I think that training camps, to me, have changed a lot. And it's like Tom Brady said, you don't get as many practices. You don't get to be as physical. You don't get as much time for the offense. You're not doing live periods. You're not doing nine-on-seven drill anymore, and it doesn't translate over to the game. Me as an old tie, I sound like a, a grandpa right now, but <laughs> back in my day, we would do live periods in training camp and have no days off. But to me, I think you need that to be a successful offense that it's harder to be a, a good offense than a good defense. I'm sorry to defensive players, but it is. You guys got to be all on the same page, and it takes more reps. And they didn't have those reps in training camp and preseason. So that's my spiel. Yeah, it's uh,
0: yeah. I don't think anybody's really put their finger on it. And and but there are still good performances. And heck, the crazy thing about all this, I I, I put it in the context of Trevor Lawrence and the rest of the class. Wilson Fields has come on the last two weeks. But I'm a big. I'll let Fields do it three weeks in a row, and we'll see if he's maybe over the hump because Trevor couldn't get it to three weeks in yeah, a row. I'm neither can Like, if Trevor got it to three weeks in a row, I think there'd be this whole different feel. Like, I think that's like, boom, okay, we're taking off. But two weeks is like, okay, that's a nice little trend, but it's not really we're here. If, if Fields does it again, I might think, hey, you know what? Now you're on to something. But I've seen it here in Jacksonville with two weeks just isn't good enough. So the inconsistencies are there. That being said, the Jags are averaging a touchdown more a game. On offense, and they've been disappointing yeah. a lot of times on offense. So they're more ahead of the curve in terms of where they have been last year under Doug Peterson. All right, hand out that final rose, will you?
2: I mean, it's pretty obvious who this one goes to, and and obviously we've alluded to this uh, a lot. But you know, those guys come on strong. We talked about them for possible comeback player of the year. But this obviously, this this final rose obviously has to go to our man, Travis Etienne. The guy's uh, he's he's been special. He's tied for second in the league with yards per carry at six point two. He's got five hundred and seventy-one yards on the year, a um, couple touchdowns. The guy's looking like a bona fide superstar, Travis Etienne Jr. will throw? he will. And everybody's happy except for the fans because the Jags are 2-6. Yes, they
0: are. <laughs> Clay Harbor, uh, Well, we'll see what happens this week, man. The Eagles, the Jags, the Bears, we'll keep an eye on them. Thanks for jumping in. We'll talk to you next Wednesday.
2: My pleasure, Brent.
0: All right, uh, that is Clay Harbor each and every Wednesday uh, talking uh, a little less on the Eagles this time around. They're just good. There's yeah. nothing else to talk about. How many different ways can we say it? Well, we did say Tyreek Hill. Well, A.J. Brown has been that for Jalen Hurts. Yep. Right. And again, if you want the success stories. Jalen Hurts is a nice one. It was a little muddy last year. They go out and get a guy. Oh, the Jags just went out and got a guy. Mm-hmm. And then year two of the system, Jalen Hurts. So maybe I shouldn't be talking about Stefan Diggs and comparing Josh Allen's numbers. Maybe it's Jalen Hurts we should be looking year at. Year
1: two of the system, year three of the career. Yeah. So mm-hmm. a-
0: another parallel right there. I'm going to start. Crunching some numbers. All right, here we go. Sports Bureau goes to work. Football at five. When we return at ESPN
1: 690. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you.